You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and with me, though not in the studio tonight, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. Glad, uh, glad I'm able to join you, even if it's uh, virtually tonight. Yeah, so I appreciate you uh, still being able to do the show this evening to recap the game against Manheim Central, Game 5. And preview game six, which will be against Penn Manor. And we'll have a little bit more to say about the Comets than we did about the Cougars two weeks ago. Um, And Penn Manor is, I think, surprising a lot of people. Although, like I said to you, Justin, before this show started, District 3 football is... uh, is interesting. It's wacky this year. Uh, I know some people's favorite thing to do in sports is to apply mathematics. And one thing that we talk about often, and we may have already done this on the show this year, is the transitive property A plus B equals C. Whereas if you plug in a team that beat another team, if you beat that team, you should probably beat that third team. That is not the case ever. And this year is a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, if you look around at the results, it almost like these are results you would have kind of expected maybe last year when things were a little crazier. Um, but man, it, it is, it is wild. Like teams, teams winning and beating teams and then losing to teams that make you scratch your head a little bit, but Hey, it's, it's good. Makes made for really interesting first half in district three it's probably going to be really interesting in the second half here too yeah it makes for a lot of entertaining games interesting games and games that aren't decided on you know on paper beforehand because there's many times and more often than not wilson is involved in games that you're like this should be a win actually justin you and i had this conversation a few weeks back thinking you know when was the last time we went into a game you know, quote unquote, knowing Wilson would win and they lost. I don't even know that that's ever happened. Now we've been in games that we were like, this is a toss up, like, or I don't know if we can win this game. Like, I'm not talking about right. those or, types of games where we should win, you know, like, yeah, that's not like, but an absolutely like, this absolutely is a slam duck win Wilson game. win. Wilson will not lose this game. I'm not sure. It certainly hasn't happened while we've been doing the show and we're in year seven now. I don't know if it's happened since you and I have gotten, you know, deep into the Wilson football stuff a decade ago. Um, you know, and that really snowballed seven years ago when we started the show or brought the show back. But that seems to be happening this year around Lancaster Lebanon League and even District Three at large. That any any given Friday, right? Those Friday night lights are uh, are very entertaining, very interesting, and it makes for a, a fun time. Obviously, the teams that are usually dominant would like to stay that way, but I'm sure everyone else around District Three is happy to be like, hey. We, we've all got a chance and that's not, I'm not just talking about six a I'm talking five, a four, a, uh, and, and even down in three, a things seem to be a little bit more wide open. You have your dominant teams, one of which uh, resides in our backyard at governor Mifflin. They should clearly be the odds on favor to win the five, a district three title. Um, and I believe they're still ranked number one in the state at a few outlets that do those statewide rankings. So, Hey, um, you know, there's still some, some powerful teams in and around the area, but it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to see that everyone, uh, everyone has a chance every Friday night. So, and I'm sure that's a very, very refreshing for, uh, for many people out there, maybe not so much in the West lawn area, but outside throughout Burks, Lancaster, Lebanon, uh, and even out towards, uh, you know, into the mid, mid pen in the York area as well. So. Justin, one of the other things I saw on Twitter today before we dive into uh, our, our main discussion was um, Mike Drago always puts out game of the week. You know, he wants people who's going to be the go big recruiting.com yes. game of the week. And by and yes. large, it's usually 
I always feel, and I know we've been featured in a four or five weeks, so there's a little bit of bias there, but of the four times we've been featured, I feel like it was the biggest game in, in Berks County and in, in Mike's, uh, in Mike's area, you know, so it, it didn't surprise me that, you know, it was Wilson Central Dolphin, then it was Wilson Mifflin, then it was Wilson Exeter, and then this past week, Wilson Manheim Central. To me, those were the big games. And I know there's other there's other teams in the county, and there's other games that are big and bigger than ones that Wilson features in. But it kind of made sense to me that the four of the first five featured Wilson. Yeah. Now this week, Wilson's going to Penn Manor, and we'll get to the comments in a little bit, but not one of the four choices. No argument there. Wilson Penn Manor doesn't move the needle, at least not right now, maybe eight, nine years ago um, when Wilson had those epic battles with with the comments um, in 2011, 2012, 2013. Um, you know, it could be a little bit different, but at this time, you know, just the, the hype's not there. And I looked at the four choices that Mike had out there, and the clear cut, no brainer was Southern Columbia. Why missing? Like that is, yes. that's the one I wanted to watch last year. And of course that was a COVID casualty, but it's back this year. And why has got to travel to Southern Columbia, but you're featuring two of the top 10 all time winning as head coaches in Roth and Wolfram. And you're featuring two of the preeminent smaller school, you know, one, two, three, a schools in the state going up against one another undefeated Southern Columbia is, I believe, either trying to tie or break the state record for number of regular season victories in a row. Yeah. So like, there's a whole lot going for it. And I can't see any argument otherwise. Um, I, I just, I did get a comment though after I said this. Seem, I, I, I think my direct quote to uh, the tweet was, "This, this is like the, something like this is the biggest game of the year. This is a no-brainer choice. I think what it was of the four options." Yeah. Um, but of course, one of the other options was. I don't even know if it was an option. It was just someone commenting about Mifflin and Nick Singleton that wherever wherever Mifflin and Singleton is playing, that should be the game of the week. And I'm like, that's not football. Like, that's a guy. That's a recruit. And right. an incredible talent. One of the best that Burks has ever seen. But right. that doesn't make his game the best game of the week just because it's him. Like, you're right. probably and not going to get a game because of him. Right. Right. He He probably is only going to play the first half you know, in the game where you go and see him. So like if it was a big matchup, then yeah, absolutely. You want to see the big star in the big matchup and all that stuff, but that's not what this is. Um, sorry. I, there's a cricket on the floor in here. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, it just distracted me, but yeah, that Southern Columbia, why I'm missing like two, like that may be the biggest matchup in the state this yeah, week, absolutely. let alone, let alone Burke's game of the week, you know? So, um, absolutely. That's the game. Given a choice, that's the game I want to see this weekend. You now, know, like that, that would be it. Oh yeah, yeah. If I wasn't unfortunately busy, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, to to I would go and see. I was planning on going to the A field last year on the Saturday <sighs> that they were going to play. I was going to go and watch the game, <laughs> and of course, it got canceled. So that's unfortunate. But <laughs> I guess, and and Mifflin and Singleton will have their moments because I would think that whenever they play Exeter, that'll be probably voted as the game of the week for Mike Drago sports.com. Yeah, I, I can't imagine recruiting. how it wouldn't be. And Mifflin most likely has a lot of games left. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just was like, I, like, I understand. Look, I get it. Nick Singleton is incredibly talented. That Mifflin team is a plus, but they're not playing in lots of game of the week type games right now. Right. You know, Wilson right. Mifflin like, was that because it is a rivalry. Absolutely. Like that, Absolutely. That that made and, sense. And I get it when, when you had him against Harrisburg or something, just because the oh, unknown yeah. factor there, yes. the crazy situation. Absolutely. But like when you have just Nick Singleton, I, I don't even know who they play this week. Well, but like I don't know that they have a game right now, actually. That's why I caught myself. I was like, I don't even think they were listed oh. because they were supposed to play Reading, I think. And that oh. I mean, that's postponed or yeah. canceled because of Reading being shut down right now. So I don't even think Mifflin was an option. But I understand the yeah. sentiment that the gentleman was trying to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just... Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, like, if you're not looking to drive all the way up to Southern Columbia, which I would understand, <laughs> you know, like, you know what? Maybe, you know, that you maybe you do just be like, oh, I'm going to go check out Nick Singleton this week. Like, that, I understand that. Like, yep. that, that makes sense. 
But if you're asking me what's the game of the week, it's absolutely why I'm missing out Southern Columbia. Like with everything that's on the line there, I mean, in reality, both those teams will make districts. Both of those teams will have long postseasons, most likely. Um, are they the same class anymore? No, I believe Southern Columbia is two and Wyo's three. Okay. So okay. Yeah, Southern so, Columbia won the 2A title last year. Why missing played for the 3A title last year. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah, seriously, this is like, this is one of the top matchups in the state. Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I didn't mean to send, send us on that tangent or that divergence, but um, to get back to our regularly scheduled programming here on the Bulldog Hour, I just wanted to uh, thank our presenting sponsor at May's Sandwich Shop for always uh, supporting the show for many, many years now. Uh, but they are not the only ones, and I do get to uh, thank a new sponsor again. You know, we got a new sponsor a few weeks back, and we have a newest one. It's a familiar one because we are just talking about it. So the Bulldog Hour would like to extend our thanks to Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com for becoming a sponsor of the Bulldog Hour. And we had Mike on back in August, a few weeks after he launched his site, and uh, he got to tell us all about it. And we got to reminisce with him about his Wilson football memories. And he's been at uh, many of the Bulldog games already this year. And uh, yeah, obviously, Wilson was featured, like we were just talking about, in four of the first five Go Big Recruiting Game of the Week presented by MikeDragoSports.com. So we appreciate uh, Mike sponsoring our show here. And we encourage all of you to subscribe to MikeDragoSports.com to get all of the local sports content, football, soccer, basketball, and everything else that Mike can do. And uh, we do appreciate yeah. him joining there, us here. There's a couple articles there, a couple articles there regarding Wilson, um, including, you know, one that you can read probably similar to some of the things we're going to talk about tonight about how um, a lot this team still feels like they've got a lot left to prove. Um and so, yeah, I mean, that, that article pretty much sums up uh, in, in I'm, I'm guessing we haven't held the show yet tonight, but I'm guessing that article is going to talk a lot about some of the things that uh, that we're going to touch on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that we got a lot of good content coming up to discuss from the Mannheim Central game. Uh, but once again, thank you to our other generous sponsors, you know, the new one, MikeDragoSports.com, CNS Supply Company. Our individuals, Bill Mays, Andy Herr, and Marty Palm, and then our three anonymous donors. We appreciate everyone that has reached out and helped us here at the Bulldog Hour. And if you would like to do so, besides the sponsorships and advertising or just the in-kind donations, please continue to visit bulldoghour.com. Again, I'm always attempting to up, update and upgrade the history and heritage section, which tries to chronicle Every season and pretty much anything that's ever happened with the football program, I'm slowly making my way through it. So every so often, every few weeks or every few months, just check out bulldogtohour.com, especially preseason and in-season. There's a lot of announcements and information and pictures and all that good stuff sitting there for you at bulldogtohour.com. But those aren't the only ways you can help us. You can also do Justin's favorite. Yeah, like and share. That is a great way to help us out. Whenever you see us go live or put up a new uh, feature or a new picture or anything to that, just uh, you know, give it a like, give it a share. That helps us out tremendously. Our next live show will be a week from now, Sunday, October 3rd. Same time and same places as always. And here we go. This is Justin's favorite. The schedule. Taking a look. That's crazy. <laughs> We're way far down there. We are completely at the bottom on the left-hand side if you're watching here on a variety of the uh, video sources. Heat Week, Camp Open, Coatesville, Central Dolphin, Mifflin, Exeter, Martin Luther King, Manheim Central, all gone. Here we are previewing Friday, October 1st at Penn Manor, which is the last part of the left side of that schedule. So we are, we are well into it now. Five games down, a guaranteed five games to go. And, uh, the big one coming up in Millersville this Friday night where Justin and I look forward to eating at the Sugar Bowl, which I hope is open. I hope is open. Haven't heard. We haven't right. been there in two years, so I'm not sure. I agree. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we uh we should have we should have reached out for maybe like a two week sponsorship deal with them uh, this week <laughs> right. and next week. Yeah, you know, right. for the preview and recap. Although although the Sugar Bowl makes its way in pretty much every time we talk about the schedule. Yeah. So yeah. And we got to reach uh, out to uh, one of our one of our sponsors, Andy. We got to see yeah. is he coming to the Penn Manor game? That's where we saw him two years ago. But we do right. uh, often catch up with the, him in the Landisville. Famous, 
the the famous time where we stopped at the Sugar Bowl twice, <laughs> pregame and postgame. I remember when we told some of the coaches that they thought we were joking. We're like, no, 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 no. like I'm serious. We we went before the game and after the game. <laughs> uh, they all want to be us, you know it. They they were they were yeah. jealous. They were jealous of that. I, I can only honestly, imagine. I, I some of them probably were jealous. Yes. So, um, let's say, uh, let's, let's, should we go through, um, some stats here or we want to do the, the video preview first? Maybe, maybe we should do the, uh, the highlights and the general recap before we move into statistics. So let me pull that up, uh, to showcase to everyone. I'm going to have to hide Justin here. So apologies to everyone that tunes in for, for Mr. Raffoff. I'm going to have to hide him for a second. Got to pull up our, our little game recap. Um, we're gonna do that, and we'll talk through it. So, uh, Justin, while this while this plays, um, what do we have to say about the Manheim Central game? You know, it was clo- close affair. Uh, Wilson had the lead at halftime, fourteen to ten. Ended up losing twenty four to twenty one. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the the biggest takeaways were continued mistakes uh, and miscues that were. Yeah. by and large self-inflicted right so so my biggest thing is and this is going to come across as not giving Mannheim central the credit that that they're due you know they they made mistakes too but um i i left that game feeling we we beat ourselves as much as they beat us um and and that's just you know that gets frustrating um but you know, the big thing is, it's just, uh, it, it's really tough. You know, th- there were lots of ups, but there were just, there were too many downs in the game too. You know, there were lots of big plays where guys stepped up and made big plays. Um, but then, like you said, we'd make a big play and then we'd shoot ourselves in the foot or, you know, come up and play short here, or just little things. Um, and man, I'm central is too good for that to happen, you know, and, and you'd be able to get away with it. Like, it's one of those where, you know, we talked about the game against MLK. Like, it didn't really matter, right? Like, it, it didn't really matter in that game. But when you're playing Man, I'm Central, it matters. So, um, you can't have those mistakes. Now, you know, Man, I'm Central probably looks at that game and it's like, you know, like they escaped with one because they really, you know, they they left a lot on the table too. I, I feel like that from their viewpoint, they probably feel like they can play much better than they did as well. Right. But um, so it was one of those like close games and it was an exciting game, but I don't think either team would be like, Oh, that was a good game. You know, <laughs> like, no, no, I'm with uh, you on that. I think, uh, I think you're right on the money. We talk about that all the time about how sometimes like close games, entertaining games aren't necessarily good games. I feel like that was a perfect example of that. Well, there um, was, at least seven turnovers, at least there yeah. may have been more. Uh, there were six interceptions, three by both sides. There was the fumble that was really that, that was the one that was like, I think we just all were like, Oh, how, how, how did we get here? How is this? You know, because right. yeah, the, the defense gave up 24 points, but they were constantly on the field. It felt like they were always out there and they would be, they would be making plays. I mean, you picked off Novak who had been having a stellar year three times. Intercepted right. him three and all, times, and all like fairly deep in his own territory. Yeah, like I think each one of those was inside the thirty, maybe not, maybe the thirty-five. You and know? well, the first two we didn't. Did we get it? We did. We scored on one of them. Yeah, we scored on the second yeah. one, I well, believe. We picked them off three times, close to their own red zone, and got one touchdown out of it. Yeah, that's just miscues and and disappointment uh coming from that side of the ball all night unfortunately it just uh, there wasn't didn't feel like there was much of an identity there wasn't much of a it, it we couldn't ever get in a rhythm there was nothing every right. positive play we right. get there would be so there would be a, a penalty you know false start illegal formation um we we were so close so many of the times too you know so close yeah it but it feels just, you know, and this is the pos- This is the the positive thing you have to look at it. Be like, hey, if we can, and again, a lot of people would say, well, maybe it's a big if, and it's not going to happen. But if you clean up those mistakes, don't allow those mistakes to be your identity for the season. 
turn right. things around in these last five games and, and no one is like, okay, yes, if you turn it around and you can and it's possible to run the table because as I already mentioned at the top of the show, we talked about how things are up for grabs everywhere across the board, including in Lancaster Lebanon League Section 1. None of those section games have been played yet. Every team has the potential to make noise there. If you run the table, you completely change the thoughts on this team because right now everyone thinks that they're underachievers and they're what 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 can they do to prove them wrong well you have these five games to do it the first five didn't go your way we knew the first five were going to be incredibly tough incredibly difficult schedule so it's time to buckle up and move ahead with these next five and you know absolutely we have talked it talked about this endlessly but I was on the last team that was two and three after five games. Now, it, it was a little bit different time. We were already in the league schedule at that point because the league, the section was bigger at that time. We, but we also lost three games in a row, which it, it feels like is unfathomable after we talk about some of these statistics and duration or gap in between things like this happening. It's been 20 years since Wilson was two and three. It was... In the fall of 2001, your senior year, my junior year, and we finished six and four. We maintained the streak. That's the biggest thing that people want to happen. Maintain the streak of uh, consecutive winning and non-losing seasons and, and make the playoffs. That's an opportunity for this team, which was not an opportunity for for my team in the fall of 2001, there were only four teams going six and four at war yeah. seven and three was not going to be good enough. No, sometimes nine and sometimes nine and one, nine and one. Yeah. People, teams were left out at nine and one and, and eight and two all the time, seven and three and certainly six and four weren't good enough. So at two and three, essentially you were just playing for the program for pride and for the tradition of it all. That's not the case now. Now that should be a large part of it, but you can still make, you can still participate in that second season. And as we said now multiple times, it's wide open. It's wide open. So if you start clicking now, those games in November are looking even better to you. But you got to start small. You got to take it week by week. So before we jump into Penn Manor, let's talk a little bit more about Mannheim Central. Uh, let's look at some of these statistics here. And uh, I don't, was there anything from the night that jumped out the most because I know last week we talked about how Martin Luther King had what only positive five yards net offensively yeah. against against the team. Um, I mean, I mean, I think the biggest thing was like you said, and honestly, I haven't taken a close look at the statistics yet, but um, I, I feel like it, a lot of it was was self inflicted mistakes, and when that happens, like it's a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, like you said, there's no reason why those things can't be corrected. You know, when if you go out there, Mannheim Central just beats you in every aspect of the game. That would be a little bit demoralizing, you know, and differently demoralizing, I guess. Uh, because instead of that, you have you have a bunch of issues. That's you know, no one's denying that. But everything is fixable. Like everything is fixable. And if you fix those things, not only do you rewrite the second half of the ending of this season story. But you also like, in all honesty, you have the chance to write one of the best Wilson football stories that, that could be out there. You know what I mean? Like, like think about how awesome of a story that could be where you're writing it out, you know, and just the, the potential for, yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't pack it in. We, we rallied, we, clean things up we got better as the season went on all that stuff all that stuff that sounds cliche right but you got a chance to go out and do it and and end on a high note it, it would be pretty be, it would be pretty exciting yeah and i mean that's essentially where we ended up 20 years ago in that fall starting two and three and a lot of people not believing uh that that we could do anything that we could even keep the the streak alive but um, we were able to regroup and, and the seniors and starters were able to put a good, um, good run together, a good string as here. I'm pulling it up. You can see that. Um, I know we've talked about this before too, but that week one game was very strange. <laughs> oh yeah. It was super strange. Um, but 
we're, we're going to focus here. We went over that one recently too. That's not one that yes. we like to revisit that often. Um, yeah, here was the first, first loss. Um, let me, uh, let me see if I can pull up a different thing. I got it. Yeah, here we go. Let's do this one. Um, Losing to Cedar Crest, getting shut out by Cedar Crest at home, losing to McCaskey. And again, we've talked ad nauseum about these teams, Justin, but uh, those Cedar Crest and McCaskey teams were no pushovers. That's for sure. No. Um, and then that was after the, the Whitehall loss um, at, right after 9-11. So those are the three losses in a row to go to two and three. Um, and uh, the games afterwards, though, weren't weren't easy. Um, having to go to Hempfield... Um, Bad start against Penn Manor. And then this was the big one right here. You know, a back and forth tight game against Manheim Township down in Neffsville. Like, so th- yeah. these are, these are, these are tough, tough games. But we won all three of them. We improved to five and three and then welcomed in Redding, who everyone thought was going to roll us because, well, Red, uh, Wilson's five and three. They're not looking too good. Redding still got a whole bunch of big players on their team. They were right up there with uh, Cedar Crest. And McCaskey, I believe actually all three of those teams might have finished nine and one, or maybe one of them was eight and two. They were the three big dogs in section one. Um, and, and we ended up losing to them at Gursky, but it was by a point, and we were in it till the end because we just the team just kept fighting. Um, and then got to finish on a high note by blasting Mifflin. And who doesn't like destroying your rival in the last game of the season to move to six and four and secure? Uh, not only the uh, non-losing streak, but the winning streak. So that's what that team did. I'll be interested to see what the team does this year. And like you said, it, it's it's up for grabs. It still can be written. It still can be changed. Um, nothing's written in stone yet. So it's time to move forward and uh, and see what see what the 2021 team is made of. And they get to start this week at Penn Manor. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm. I don't know. Maybe it's just my my bias coming through, but like I I believe I believe that they're going to turn it around. I believe that they're going to clean things up, and it's not like you just flip the switch and everything gets better from one week to the next. Like that's unlikely. But you know, just if if they play better this week than they did this coming week than they did last week, and then play better the week after that, like like you said, it is wide open. And man, like it could be a great story. The opportunities that are still there for this team, like. And and I know we said this, you know, a few times now. But in reality, the only goal—and I, I say this—I I, I may be speaking for the team, and I we try not to do that. But like, you know, when when we generally hear about the goals, we hear about beating Mifflin, and then we hear about you know winning the section and stuff like that. The only goal that's off the table as of right now is beating Mifflin. That one and that one's over and done with. You know, that's a month old and we we need to move on from that, right? And but everything else is still on the table. Like everything else is still on the table. Um but we you got to start working towards that now. Like it, it needs to start turning around now. Yeah. And you know, it, it seems to be another coaching cliche, but it's because it's true. We can't you know, coaches cannot perform on the field. They they can tell you what to do. They can put you in the position to do it. They can draw up, you know, the defensive scheme, the offensive play, but it's up to the players to execute. And I think the message, as we've heard uh, Coach Doms mention to a few of the um, the Reading area sports media, um, Mike, Paul, uh, the Reading Eagle, is it's time for the players to take responsibility, accountability and, and step up and do the things because too often we're seeing them in a spot that they should be and they just, they just don't make the play. So it's, it, right. I mean, it's as simple as that one little minor change against man. I'm central and you can, you can, we could spout off 15 of them and that game could be, or is completely different. Right. And I know, and you mentioned at the top, I'm not trying to, in any way selling Mannheim Central short. They won the no, game. They're, they're, very, they're good. very good. They're and, undefeated. And, like, this is not and, the sour grapes. Right. Any, we're, we're focusing on Wilson here and just saying, Wilson very well could have won that game. But because they made a, a few too many mistakes that weren't inflicted, you weren't caused by Mannheim Central. It was caused by them executing. You take half of those away, or in some instances, one or two of them away, and that game is just 
so different. And it's just, I know a lot, everyone's frustrated. The players are frustrated. The coaches are frustrated. And we know the, the fans are frustrated. So we just have to uh, hope that they can correct that this week. We heard that they had a great week of practice leading up to Martin Luther King. Uh, we didn't get to talk to anyone after the game this week. So I don't know what practice was like this time, but hopefully they can have a stellar week of practice leading up to Penn Manor. But um, here, here's some of the statistics that jumped out to me, Justin, before we wrap up the talk about the Barons game. First downs were pretty even, uh, 13 to 11 favor the Barons. Uh, we did not eclipse a hundred rushing yards. Our net rushing yards were 98, uh, only able to pass for 44 yards. So total offense, they doubled us up 287 to 142 for Wilson, uh, but even that wasn't the big ones. The, the turnovers, but again, interceptions were even three to three. We had the, the additional fumble, which was a, a big time uh, momentum change. Uh, just kind of that was that was the beginning of the end. We didn't think that we'd even get the ball back after that. The defense s- stepped up and uh, allowed us to do so. But you know, pinned back deep without timeouts, it was going to be a it was going to be a tough one to pull out. But the, the, this one really stood out to me. One of ten on third down because, Ooh. like that's 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 rough. That is difficult, and yeah, it's not just execution on third down. It's what are you trying to get on third down? The problem was they were getting into too many third and long or third and very long situations, usually because of penalties, right. pre-snap penalties or in-game penalties, holdings, just things like that. You can't. Every time we thought we'd get a drive going, then we would get a penalty or two in a row. You know, too many illegal motions, illegal shift, illegal formation, false start. It just, uh, people just didn't know what was going on. And I know everyone was very frustrated about it. And again, that has nothing, like, I, I that is completely on the individual. They have to understand what is expected of them and that really needs to be a, a, a focus. I don't know what else, how, how else you can change that. I don't know how else you coach or teach that. It, right. it, it's yeah, a pretty I simple, do. simple aspect that, that has to be, uh, has to be cleaned up. And that all starts with the individual staying and remaining focused on what they're supposed to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, like you said, a lot of, a lot of the things we talked about how to clean them up, it's, it's going to come down to just individuals, you know, worrying about improving. And we, we talk about this one, they get all the time doing, doing your job. Right. And don't worry about anything else. You, you know, what, what is expected of you on this particular play, do that one particular thing. Um, a thing it seemed like on Friday that a lot of times too, we let one mistake become two mistakes. Like, you know, it felt like there were a number of times where like penalties got stacked up or, you know, we'd have a loss and then a penalty, you know, like things like that, that just, that's a killer. Um, when, when you're stacking up the, those mistakes as well. And, uh, we, I, I know we say it and it's easy, easier said than done, but that's, that's where we have to start cleaning things up and things will improve. You know, you start cutting down those things will improve dramatically. Yeah, and and not to just focus on the offense. I mean, defensively, they need to clean up some of their tackling too. Uh, the defense yeah. was very, very strong through most of the game. You know, bent a few times, didn't break all the time. Gave up one long touchdown pass. I think it was thirty nine yards, but it was a beautifully fl- thrown ball. It was the best pass yeah. on the night from from either side. Oh, yeah. It was it was perfectly yeah. thrown, perfect placement. Right, our defender was there. They just made a great play. Uh, yeah. It was a great throw. It was a great throw, but. Including that long pass for a touchdown, Novak was eight of twenty with three interceptions. Now he did have right. the three touchdowns. One of them was long. The other two were, were, were shorter. But one of the touchdowns was on a play that the guy should have been tackled two or three times, and he just yes. continued to move. I, you know, yeah. uh, descendant of of Wilson football making a play, a uh, Harbach converting. Yep. Uh, I believe that was on fourth down too. Cause it was like fourth and fourth and short, I think. And he got the first down and then just oh, yeah, bouncing yeah. off yeah, of defenders. Right. And, yeah. We uh, had him, we had him tackled short. He would have been a yard short. Yeah. If, if we tackle him when he catches it, but instead he broke that he, tackle, yep. and he broke, he broke about like two more tackles at the 10 and then got in at the goal line. 
Like so, so yeah, that was roughly a, three or four tackles on that one play. Right, and you go from stopping them and getting the ball back to them putting points on the board. And at that point, right, I yeah. believe we were up seven nothing. I think that was the tying touchdown to make yeah, it seven to seven. So yeah, huge huge swing there. But um, it, it's tough once again, Justin, to um come up with our player of the game. Uh, you know, there's always a handful of guys that we talk about. Um, but I think we're going to, for the first time this year, uh, do our first uh, double dip and do a repeat performer. And it's actually going to end up being a back-to-back uh, award. And um, there was a good chance that he was going to win this uh, award at the beginning of the year with over the win over central dolphin. But the way that game went in the second half, we went in a different direction. Um, but for the second st- straight week, we're going to go with uh, cam Jones as he was able to infuse um, some electricity into the team after they went down 24 to 14 with his long return kickoff return for a touchdown that made it 24 21 and got Wilson right back in it. Um, the defense stood tall and Wilson got the ball back, but just, uh, un- unable to capitalize. Uh, and, and everyone, um, has been forthright and honest with, uh, the mistakes that they've made and the things they have to clean up. Um, uh, but now five games in and the whole off season behind us, those mistakes have to end now. And, and I think everyone yeah. realizes that. Yep. So anything else to say about man, central before we move on to Penn Manor, Justin? I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, ready to move on. I think everyone is. I know uh, the players after watching film this evening will be fully focused um, on the Comets, and they'll be ready for Penn Manor this Friday. Again, I said that game is in Millersville, obviously, in the two-year cycle. This is our first trip there since 2019. And uh, let's see what we have to learn about Penn Manor. And they're one of the reasons that started off a little bit with uh, my monologue about the league, the section, maybe the district, depending on the level, being wide open. Because Penn Manor, who has been not so strong since, um, was probably, I'm not sure they've had a winning season since 2014. I think they were 6-4 and four in 2014. Um, and then uh, their coach left, and right now his name is escaping me, Justin. Do you remember who was the coach at? Uh, Penn Manor that left. I get, the name is on the his tip of my tongue. His, his it, brother, I think, is the coach at McDevitt. At McDevitt, yeah. Now I just yeah. I cannot, off the top of my head, bring yeah. his name to the to the surface right now. But once he left, I, I have a feeling I'm going to get a text in a second with the name. But <laughs> yeah, uh, once he left, um, oh yeah, what is it? I got to look it up. Um, oh, he's not. Uh, no, Todd Mealy. Mealy, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, um, and I, for the record, I'll probably still get the text, but I, I said it before I got the text on who this was. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think um, his his brother isn't the coach at McDevitt. He's the athletic director at McDevitt. Okay. Okay. Um, because the coach is Wechter, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so me once Mealy left, stepped down from that program. I believe it was after the the 2014 season. Uh, they brought in, um, with a, a link to last week's game, Mannheim Central's John Brubaker, who did not get the job at Mannheim Central after Mike Williams retired. That went to uh, Coach Hahn, who we saw last week. Uh, John Brubaker left to become the head coach at Penn Manor. This is his seventh season leading the comments. He is 11-47 and 47 in seven years. So not a great record, kind of... Uh, reinforces what I said at the beginning of this, that Penn Manor just hasn't been very good since uh, Mealy stepped down after the 14th season. You know, 11 wins and seven, that's, they're not even averaging two wins a year under Brubaker. But things are going much better for them this year. Uh, as right now, they are sitting at four and one. And, yeah, you know, very, very strong start for them. They... Their only loss was to Lampeter Strasburg in the second week of the season. And LS is uh, one of the main challengers probably for the 4A District 3 title. Their only loss so far is to Warwick, who's a 5A team. So uh, LS is looking pretty good. They uh, beat Northern Lebanon this week 42-2. to um, 
when they played Penn Manor back in week two, they did shut out the Comets 31 to nothing. That was a big lopsided game. But Penn Manor has four wins under their belt, which uh, they're almost what? <laughs> they're, they're closing in with a few more wins this year. They'll have half as many wins this year as they had in the previous six years combined. Which, which is, hey, is crazy. Like, I, I do, we don't we don't have a ton of like inside information into the Penn Manor program, but like kudos to them for letting uh, letting Brubaker be there to kind of get a chance to build it, and that can take a long time sometimes. It's not super simple. Like I know we talked about how Penn Manor had some really good teams, but I, it was also known that like coming up there were some some down years were going to be in store at Penn Manor, and um to not just overreact to give them a chance to rebuild. You know, I, well, you said it's a wacky year right now, but you know, don't get me wrong. I hope they don't get a win this week, but it's, I'm glad to see that they've stuck with a guy who's starting to have some success, but hopefully not this week. So. Yeah. Yeah. All you can, you know, as long as it's not this week, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, how many they, games they can win the rest. For all yeah, I care. That's, it doesn't matter. Week. Means nothing. It's fine. But, yeah, so they beat Conestoga Valley in week one, 16 to 12. Uh, Conestoga Valley is two and three on the season. They beat Northeastern in week three, 21 to nine. Northeastern struggling this year at one and four. However, this is the big one. Week four, game four at Warwick in Lidditz, they win 30 to 28. That was uh, an interesting game, an interesting conclusion to that game. Uh, There was a, on what was, I believe, the last play of the game, a called interference, pass interference on Warwick defense. So, Penn Manor was given one more play, and they caught a Hail Mary touchdown to win the game. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, it's... uh, I mean, they won. They 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 put themselves in position to be able to win on a last second touchdown. Uh, and here again is where we talk about the transitive prop. You remember how I said Justin in week two, Penn Manor lost to Lampeter Strasburg thirty one nothing. Yes. Do you know who Warwick beat in week one? I'm gonna guess LS. Yeah, they beat Lampeter Strasburg forty five to twenty two. So that wasn't <laughs> even a close game. That one also in Lidditz. Penn Manor goes to Lidditz and beats Warwick 30-28. to Remember, they had lost to LS at LS 31-0. Warwick beat LS 45-22. So, like, it, you, you can't do it. You can't. A plus B equals C in mathematics only, not in sports. It doesn't work on the football field. So that was a, that was a big eyebrow raiser last or a week plus now. Warwick. At Warwick, Penn Manor gets a victory 30-28 to on a Hail Mary. This week, Penn Manor went to Solanco and eked out a victory 21-17. to So, three-game winning streak for them. Uh, that probably hasn't happened since at least 2014, maybe even 2013. So, a lot of good mojo down in Millersville, where we'll be at Beamsdurfer Stadium Friday night, October 1st, for a 7 o'clock kickoff against the Comets. And... Let's take a look at a few of the other notables from Penn Manor. They're running a spread option, according to Jeff Reinert of uh, LancasterOnline.com, and they run an odd stack on the defensive scheme. None of those are new things. That's what they've been running for the past few years. They they lost a, a bunch of guys to graduation, and usually that's not um, an ideal situation to be in. They're only returning... You know, a handful of guys on each side of the ball, but they're once again having young guys step up and fill in, uh, fill in for them. So, you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to expect come Friday night. You know, once we get into the section play, there's always these stories hanging out there, Justin, of terrible occ- occurrences and nightmares on these away games throughout Lancaster, Lebanon County. You and I have been at a couple at Lidditz. Obviously, we know the um, issues in Neffsville. Landisville has given us a heart attack a couple times. This one in Millersville. It's been a while since Millersville was that much of a problem, but there seems to be a lot of slow starts when we go to Millersville. I know 2019 for sure was slow. 
2016 as well. And 2012, it took a pick six to seal that game back when Penn Manor was, you know, thought to possibly knock Wilson off the pedestal back in 2011, 2012, 2013. So there's been some exciting games in the long run, um, at least at the beginning. And it takes some time for Wilson to turn their wheels and and get things going. That's what I want to see this week. I want to see Wilson come out from the start, from that first kick, from that first whistle, and just show that they're here for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Get off to a quick start. Show that some of these uh, demons that keep kind of popping up in the first half of the season that that we're putting those behind us, you know, have, you know, if we're on, if we kick off the start, you know, get a good defensive stand, get that ball back. If we get the ball, drive down and have a mistake-free drive, and go down and put points on the board. You know, something early success would would go a long way. Um, you know, and then like like I talked about how we kind of stacked mistakes last week. Maybe we can stack some of that success this week. You know, have a good defensive stand and then you know, follow it up with a good offensive drive or have a good offensive drive and follow it up with a good, you know, defensive stand. Like just, man, once you start get, once you get that positive momentum rolling, that, that can work wonders for the team. Yeah. I do want to point out one, one more thing here that's listed in uh, Jeff Reinert's uh, preview here from the summer. Uh, he says here at the bottom of the Penn Manor one, Penn Manor is really, really close to turning the corner under Brubaker. And he couldn't be more right. Um, I'm yeah. trying to pull up their stats just to see who their leaders are here. I know that Jeff said at the beginning of the year they were undergoing a um, quarterback competition because they lost. Um, Luke Braz was the uh, multi-year. He might have been a three-year starter for them under center. And they had a competition going with, I think, four guys were listed taking snaps in, throughout camp and whatnot. And then um, when things got going, they have turned to Eli Warfel. But one of the ones that was competing for the job is was McCabe Kreider, and he is the son of Dan Kreider, the former Man of Central and Pittsburgh Steeler star. So, yeah, Dan Kreider is coaching with Penn Manor, and uh, his son was a uh, possible quarterback starter. Uh, he did not win the job. It has been Eli Warfel this whole time for them in the, the Penn Manor's 4-1 start. Um, uh, he, uh, Kreider is a senior though, and he has played sparingly, but Warfel's gotten the bulk of it. He is a junior. Uh, he wears number two for those of you going to the game on Friday evening, who to look out for. And it will be Warfel under center. Uh, he has thrown for 342 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, but they get the job done mostly on the ground. And he has been the guy also getting the ball. He's rushed for 349 yards, so more rushing yards for the quarterback than passing yards, and he has five touchdowns as well as a game rushing for over 100 yards. Um, their other their other uh, backs are Adelman and Osman, um, 34 and 23. They'll be the guys getting the ball with Warfel as, ra- uh, as well. You know, you heard that this is supposed to be a spread option attack, but it's still... Uh, mostly ground and pound for them and only resorting to the air when absolutely necessary. And of course we know that they were able to uh, complete that hail Mary pass at the end of the Warwick game, um, receiving pretty much evenly distributed amongst four or five guys. They have four players with five or six receptions. And that is the, uh, that is it. They have 29 total receptions for the year. Um, Stanley has the most touchdowns, number three, a junior with two. So, yeah, if we can stop their running game, we should be okay. But um, we'll see if uh, we'll see if we'll be we're able to do that Friday night. Yeah, the, the key is going to be, and we said this going into the MLK game, and the story stays the same. The, the opponent changes. We we don't have to. We can't worry so much about what they're going to do. We we need to focus on us. If we focus on us, and we correct our mistakes. I mean, that's really all you can do, but just don't worry so much about what what they're bringing to the table. Worry about what we've got to do. Worry about our job and yeah, handle your business. Yeah, I think that uh, do your job is very uh, prudent and evident and necessary. 
uh, at this time. Just take care of your, your own house. Worry about yourself. Get your, uh, get your job done. Do what you're supposed to do. Get rid of these mental mistakes. Remain focused at all times. Know your progressions. Know who you're blocking. And let's come out with a, with a, a good attitude and demeanor and and take it to the comments and show them that they might think they have a chance in section one, but they really don't. That that's that's what I hope to see Friday night. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to make sure I didn't forget anything that I wanted to mention. Um, just once again, thanks again to Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com for becoming our newest sponsor here at the Bulldog Hour. Again, if you were, you or your company is interested in supporting the Bulldog Hour, just reach out to me or Justin, and we'll make sure we take care of that. Um, but we do appreciate MikeDragoSports.com for joining us here at the Bulldog Hour. I think that was pretty much it. Again, I'll throw up the reminder that we're back here a week from now on the 3rd to recap the game in Millersville against the Comets. Yeah, this is our last September show. Crazy. Yeah, and we talked about moving right along and heading to finally outside of Berks County, and that's what we'll be doing Friday night yeah. when I take us down to uh, Millersville. I know, Justin, you're happy about not having to make that drive this year. That That's the one that I can't stand. Like, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to quick bring back this graphic before we go uh, that I made last year, well before the 2021 season had even started. Uh, and it lists the future schedules. This is mostly for the uh, Burks LL, the merger, just to show when everything would be happening. Uh, the 2022 schedule has come up a few times here on the show. And we just wanted to uh, to fill you in on anything that we've heard or seen. Uh, we know that the week six game there on September 30th, 2022 is close to being confirmed to be Governor Mifflin. I, I'm not sure the paperwork has been signed yet and submitted but because both teams are on a section by in the new Burks LL League, Wilson Mifflin will be the start of the second half of the season there in game six next year to be played on September 30th. That game should be at Wilson since we went to Mifflin this year, which means Wilson will have a three-game homestand there in the middle of the season, games um, five, six, and seven. We get to go to Reading for the first time since 2012, so a full decade in between our trips to Albright to take on the Red Knights. We'll get to do that on September 16th. Of course, we haven't played Reading since September of 2013 when Reading came to Gursky and we opened the newly renovated Gursky Stadium complete with a turf field. So it's been... Uh, it's been a long time since we played the Red Knights, but that will be a section game next year, and that starts with game four. And you can see all of our locations there at Reading versus Cedar Crest versus Mifflin versus Hempfield at Penn Manor. So we get to go to Penn Manor to back-to-back years, Justin. Sugar Bowl trips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That is the highlight of the trip. So <laughs> if we if we got to go to Penn Manor. I'm I'm all for I'm all for the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, so one so that that is our um that is our duplicate there because we're going to Cedar Crest this year, we host them next year. We're going to Hemfield this year, we host them next year. We're um but we're hosting so that they I I don't why they couldn't just flip flop though, but we're hosting McCaskey two years in a row. So we don't have to go to, to Lancaster next year either. We get to delay that one. Not gonna be back to Lancaster until twenty twenty three. But, it is weird that they don't just flip them all again, though. But yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if adding adding Reading into that really mess thing. I, I don't know how exactly how that works out. But these are established for the next two years. Anyways, long winded way to say the first three games are still TBD. We think one of them will be Central Dolphin. We we're fairly certain that one of the three will be. They might change the week. I don't know. We'll see. There, you know, there had been talk previously. Would Exeter want to do a one and one again? Again, I don't know. We'll see. Central Dolphin is more of a slam dunk than Exeter is. But uh, Justin, after you talked with Coach Doms last week, it seemed like Wilson might have someone that wants to reciprocate after uh, joining the Wilson schedule this year. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just interesting, and we we talked about this last week that Coach Doms was talking to. Um, you know, the coach from MLK for, for a long time after the game. And 
talking about lots of different things, but I, I know, um, and you know, not that they agreed to schedule or anything, but it, it came up that like, Hey, there's, we have openings in our schedule next year, you know, and you know, it, while people might be, oh, it's an odd matchup, but like we, we talked about this and I, I, I mentioned it to coach Dobbs. I don't want to phrase it as going the other way, but like, say what you will about the game. They showed up and they brought their kids back out on Monday for the JV game. Yeah. Whereas when we're trying to schedule games, people are like, Oh, we should schedule so-and-so we'll schedule so-and-so. Like, I don't, people don't fail to understand sometimes that like Wilson makes a lot of calls and those calls usually go thanks, but no thanks. Many, like many calls and emails. Always... Right. So like if, if we have a team that's, uh, you know, a large six, a or five, a school that's willing to play us. I, I think we take serious looks at any of those because we, you know, we're always not struggling, but it's, it can be tough to find, um, people who are willing to do that and mlk proved to, to me anyway again to me uh that they were willing to do it and to bring their jv guys up again like that was that was big because man there's lots of situations where that would have been a you know a phone call on yeah maybe even friday night after the buses rolled out like oh hey like sorry we we can't come back up on monday yeah like you know yeah we've had it, teams it, in burke county do that Imagine, oh, yeah. you know, Martin Luther King. And, and it, happens, it happens every year. It happens every year. Like we'll leave, like the coaches, I'll hear them talk. The coach will say something. Oh yeah, yeah. We got this. We got that. Like on Friday night. And then they get, they, they know they're like, yeah, we're getting a call on Monday morning. And and that call comes and then coach Doms and crew are scrambling to get a game together last minute uh, for the JV guys. But yeah, they brought their guys back out, which, Hey, kudos to them, you know, for, coming back out and wanting to get better and putting in, you know, work on their end. So I, I appreciate that. I know Wilson appreciates that having somebody to fill the schedule and Hey, you never know moving forward. It, you know, I, I said it, it's a, a, a different switch on the, on the phrase, but the best ability is availability, right? Yeah, like yeah. if they're available and willing to play, like that's, that's the biggest thing. So, yeah. And, and the uh, athletic department and coach Doms and his staff are always working to make sure like every school wants to have five home and five road. And with knowing that we're, I would think hosting Mifflin next year, we have four home games and three road games, which means the three other non-league games to start the season should be one home and two away. Well, we're scheduled. We should be going to central dolphin. We should be going to Martin Luther King and we should be hosting Exeter. So, you know, just get those uh, three non-con scheduled with uh, Central Dolphin, MLK, and Exeter, and and schedule done. You know, bada bing, bada boom, yeah, all right. finished. Wrap it up get, with a little bow. Get Joey's uh, signature on those contracts and That's fax right. them out. Yeah, I I have them all written up. They just have to be signed. They're good to go. <laughs> just don't read the fine print. You don't need to know where the money's going. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, but that was it. That's the last little tidbit we want to throw out there that there was uh, mutual interest expressed about doing a, uh, a two year home and home series with Martin Luther King and uh, their coach, uh, you know, was picking the brain of coach Doms to try to figure out how Wilson operates. And, you know, there was mutual respect there. And, you know, we, like we said, just a few years ago, they were nine and one. They're, they're, that is a very good good team. They have a lot of potential there. They just have to establish themselves as a program um, that continues and can carry them through the years, not goes just go year by year. So um, kudos to Martin Luther King. We appreciate them coming up this year for a game, coming back for the JV game, and maybe ending up on our schedule for the next two years as well. All right. So I think we're going to wrap that up here for the evening. Again, we'll be back in a week to recap the game against Penn Manor. And then we'll be previewing the next game, which will be home against McCaskey on the 8th. And uh, hopefully in the next uh, week or so, week to 10 days, I'll have a little bit of a, a cool nugget to share about that McCaskey game. But that's, uh, that's for future episodes of the Bulldog Hour or future content on Wilson Football social media. So... Um, that's that. So any final words, Justin? Uh, no, just, uh, like, like we said before, we just need to focus on us, focus on cleaning up the mistakes and everything will be fine. All right. Then for Justin Raffoff and the entire Wilson football program, 
Until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.